Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Daniel. I will be your host this week. Alongside me through the interwebs, I have Shay. What is up, people? Was that too and much? I'm sure that was aggressive. It's, it sounded a little like you were jumping down our throats right now. I, I really felt like I was about to like rob you guys. Like I was like, what oh. is up? Now give me all your money. Like that's kind of <laughs> okay. what, that's kind of what I went for. And his partner in crime, of course, as always, we have Anthony. Hola, amigo. <laughs> How are you guys doing this week? Doing pretty I'm good. Doing pretty good. Yeah. Hopefully, any no, any uh, yeah cycles coming out down my street. There <laughs> <laughs> is like my neighbor has a Ferrari, so he might start that. So. That might be loud for a bit. You know, he, just, did, did he warn you or something? That he's like, Anthony, I'm going to start my Ferrari today. You better get your microphone on mute. <laughs> Between the hours of 12 and 1, I'm just going to be revving my engine in my driveway. Yeah, Don't mind should, me. Like, you should talk to him for a bit. Let him, let him know he, when I'm He recording. just can't hear you? He's just, he just keeps honking his horn while you're talking? He's like, he's like what? I can't hear you. <laughs> just revving it. Well, I'm trying to talk to oh him. my god well of course this is the movie podcast you could catch a brand new episode every single monday across all your favorite podcast services and if you want to be part of the show you could write in at this time slash talk and give us your comments suggestions corrections tell us what to do tell us what you're up to tell us how you're staying sane these are crazy times out there and we're happy to be doing the show still so mm-hmm. thank you for listening Quick couple announcements before we get to the news this week. Uh, We have three commentaries up on the movie podcast feed. So this very feed you're listening to us now. If you go back a couple weeks, you'll see we have a commentary for Game Night. We got a commentary for Sicario. And we also have a Game Night for Spider-Man, which went up last week. And Shay made a really dope video for that, which you can catch on our Instagram as well, which is Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at this time with. You can see us and find us there. Uh, Shay and I are also guest hosting on a Last of Us podcast uh, called Survive and Endure. Those of you who listened to our 51st episode, I want to say, we had one of our friends, Daniel Ortega, on. He was talking to us about uh, this podcast that he was going to be starting with The Slice. Um, and this is it. And he asked Shay and I to join him to talk about The Last of Us. So it's really a deep dive into that game about the story the gameplay pretty much everything involved with it and the first episode is out now for you to listen to and there's a new episode coming every single thursday yeah thursdays yeah. Uh, pretty much leading up to the release of the last of us 2 um i think we're beyond any <laughs> delays for that game so i hope so uh, so it's great to be you know guest hosting with him um on this uh, little mini series he's got going on i know that's it's been one of his dreams to make this kind of uh you know, series and we're happy to help. Yeah. And of course, same as our podcast, you could find out across all podcast platforms. Uh, it was a really fun show. So I definitely encourage you. If you feel like you need more of our voices every week, that's a good spot to go to, to hear us. Yeah. So without further ado, let's get into the news. (laughs) I think that might've been the best one. There's always that little hesitation, and I'm like, are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? And then I, that wasn't too bad, actually. That sounded like the best one. Dude, I, was sounded already, good. I already finished my do-do-do-do-do when you guys were starting, so I don't think it 
but it, it sounded harmonious though it sounded yeah like on my on my end here it kind of like we were all in the same room just looking into each other's eyes and doing this wow it's like it's like nothing it's like covid never happened it's like it never happened so what we're going to do this week uh we're just going to open up the show um it's going to be a bit of an awkward transition so i just want to before we get into the rest of the week quickly address we had a couple or sorry we had a few deaths in hollywood this week we had comic legend fred willard passed away he passed away at the age of 86 um and you'll know him he's been in countless movies so many tv shows uh he was absolutely hilarious um, he's a four-time Emmy nominee, and he just radiated with a unique charm that established him as one of the most, this generation's most gifted comic actors. That's from his, um, a representative wrote for his family. Um, absolutely phenomenal actor. And, and you guys obviously are familiar with his work, uh, Shay mm-hmm. and Anthony as well, too, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I love Fred Ward. I mean, one of my, I think every movie that I've ever seen, he just pops up in. And I think back to when I used to watch Harlan Kumar when I was a kid, he used to play the Dean. Again, in most movies, he'd have such a small role usually, but he would leave such an impact in that role. Yeah. 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 Absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious actor. And he'll definitely be missed. Um, Luckily, it's it's one of those things, and it's it's one of those kind of awkward things. Every time you hear of a death now, you always ask, oh, is this COVID related? Luckily, this wasn't that. He passed away peacefully in his sleep. So it's um, at the age of 86. So he lived a very full life. So it's awesome to uh, to see that. Um, another death this week, another comedy legend, Jerry Stiller. So the oh. father of Ben Stiller, who is just, again, another legend. He was on Seinfeld. He was in so many movies. He had his, his comedy duo. Um, he passed away this week as well, too. Um, a bit older. He passed away at the age of 92 from uh, natural causes as well. So um, he's another legend in the comedy worlds. Yeah. I, m- yeah. I remember just watching him in um, uh, Zoolander, for example, he was hilarious in that. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with Seinfeld. So, you know, Frank Costanza was, you know, the dad that the relentless dad that never, that never uh, ended. So mm-hmm. he, uh, he, he was a part of my childhood growing up. So that's, that's like where I kind of got introduced to him and, you know, growing and then kind of going into Zoolander and then the heartbreak kid and then realizing that he's Ben Stiller's dad. Yeah. Right. It was even funnier because I'm like, damn, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to that either. Uh, Conan on his, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say Conan on his uh, YouTube channel as well too, posted an interview when, uh, Ben was coming on to uh, to promote The Cable Guy, the movie he directed Jeez. with Jim Carrey. And uh, Jerry Stiller came on with him and just the, the shtick they have with one another. It's just such it's just so funny to see how they play off of one another. And you could only imagine like living growing up in a, in a comedy household like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely it's definitely lost. And it's been very touching seeing even for Fred Willard as well too, seeing all the the touching uh, tweets and kind of stories that people have been posting one of the ones too that kind of sh- made me laugh as well that um in wally one of the, i saw that viral tweet going around saying like you know pixar sa- saw fred willard and said you know what we're not gonna even bother animating him he's just so awesome <laughs> i always wondered um, that yeah yeah very interesting stylistic choice uh the, the next uh, one that we're going to talk about uh here is lynn shelton she's an indie filmmaker um she was the director of hump day little fires everywhere she died at the age of 54 so not old at all and mm. she had a blood disorder uh this was a really sad one this one just broke uh last night 
or sorry, yesterday afternoon. Uh, so we started hearing about it last night. Um, yeah, this is a this is a shocking one as well too because she was not very old at all. Um, so definitely, um, it's very very sad to hear that. Yeah, I was. Um, I mean, I, I I have not seen much of her work, but it's always sad when it's unexpected like this. Um, and it's also at such a young age, fifty four is not old. Not at all. Yeah, I'm just looking at her her director. Um, catalog and she's actually done quite a bit of shows that i've watched that again um i didn't know that she directed so a lot of the glow tv series which is like the female wrestling show um on netflix as well as the morning show so yeah it's pretty sad to see like a female um director pass away just so suddenly especially yeah mm-hmm. with a, a blood disorder that wasn't even known to her it's very mm-hmm. very right very, very sad. And of course, we're going to include all the stories. Um, so if you want to read more about these actors and what they've done, we're going to have all those stories in our show notes. So definitely check that out if you want to read more. Um, we're going to do an awkward transition. Again, not to uh, a very happy story, but again, more uncertainty in the world. So Canadian cinemas mull a safe return along uncertain COVID-19 timeline. This is coming from Guy Quinville of CBC. If you didn't know, this was from a Canadian news site. You do now with a name like Guy. Um, <laughs> guy, guy is the name that we go for. Yeah, uh, I think we have a. Fo- do we have a caller calling into the show? We have, we have a caller calling in right now, talking about uh, COVID nineteen and the Canadian. I, I think it's a guy calling in right now. <laughs> yeah, that's not it's, pronounced, it's pronounced. It's pronounced Guy. My house. Like, like, there's always someone that needs to call. Me Anthony, out. is that the Ferrari? Is that what it sounds like? <laughs> no. Check. <laughs> You need to tell you need to tell your neighbor that his Ferrari has some serious issues because it shouldn't be sound like a phone. <laughs> uh, so when COVID nineteen restrictions eventually become relaxed enough for Canadian cinemas to reopen their doors, it still may look like a normal trip. It still may not look like a normal trip to the movies. Cineplex, the country's largest cinema chain, said it will take several steps to help make movie going safe for audience members and staff alike. The Toronto based company, which owns 165 theaters across Canada said it will limit seating in auditoriums to allow for physical distancing along with staggering its show times and adjusting operating hours to reflect the market specific attendance and visitation levels. That's on top of the already enhanced cleaning protocols and practices and adapting to succession and food service procedures, uh, said Cineplex spokesperson Sarah Van Lang in an email statement on Friday. Um, Exactly when the company's digital projectors will get rebooted is unclear. Cineplex said it will take cues from provinces charting individual paths to gradual economic revival. What do you guys think about this? This is very much pertained to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a connecting story that Anthony also added to this, but let's just kind of talk about the Canadian market right now. What do you guys think this is going to look like for us? Well, like it seems like they're following the same protocols other theaters are doing around the world. Um, like going like little regions that have not been affected as heavily as other places, get them up and running and kind of learn from them when bigger areas um, will open up and what they would do. Like for instance, New Brunswick or Nova Scotia. I don't, I don't know how many theaters they have there, but I'm guessing they would kind of like set the motion for other theaters in and around that area to start to open. Um, my biggest thing is what it looks like when it comes to buying a ticket and getting a seat, 
we were talking about this beforehand that will there be like two seats spread between every person or a group of two? Um, I was very curious to understand six feet from each end. Um, also, what about behind? What if the guy sneezes in your head? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys um, think masks will be mandatory in the theater? Yeah, but I also wonder, like, will people wear them and how will they police it? Exactly. Right. Well, a lot of this, a lot of this is about self policing, and yeah. like, is that really something that you could be watching the movie? But let me also be looking around this theater to make sure everyone's masked up. The amount of times that I've gone grocery shopping and I've had to tell the person that's in line with me to back up, uh, it's uh, it's it's not normal. Like I mean, I'm seeing it too often where people just are like, hey, all I have to do sometimes is kind of give them a look and they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. But it's, it's to the point where it's too much sometimes. So people still aren't aware yet. And uh, in a movie theater... I don't know. I mean, like everyone keeps saying as well that there's going to be a second wave. You know, that's kind of how these pandemics usually work. So you open up this theater. Sure. Okay. We open it for what a month and then what we close it down again. Is that, is that what we're trying to do? I, that's a thing, right? And what, like what Anthony was saying earlier too. Okay. Two seats in between us. Does that mean now that my seat price is going to go up to kind of mm-hmm. offset the cost of those seats that they're not <laughs> selling? So now is my trip to the theater going to be – is an IMAX seat going to cost me $35 now instead of $20? Like It's kind of like you got, when when airlines were you know starting to book flights for people to come back um, through whatever means that – right when everything was shutting down, ticket prices were triple the price pretty much. And like I, for, for example, when I was coming back from the Philippines – the price that I was seeing before everything went down to the prices that some people, some of my friends paid, it, it was astronomical. So, but the difference here is that those planes were still full. So it's not like they were offsetting any cost. It was just this, this demand. Supply and demand, right? Yeah. And at the same time, you have to think about, okay, mm-hmm. movie theaters, they actually will have to keep, you know, that space in between. So they're definitely going to have to raise the price. But then is anyone going to go watch a movie at the movie theater? Right. The nice thing, the, at least I guess the hopefully the difference here is that, you know, like they said, that they're going to be staggering maybe show times and stuff. So does that mean they get to show more movies throughout the day? Will they start showing movies earlier and go later into the night if it means they could get more people seeing it in one day? Mm-hmm. Like these are prob- these are a lot of scenarios that I'm sure Cineplex as well as other theater chains around the world are looking at. Um, right now, Italy sets a date to reopen movie theaters. This is coming from Nancy uh, Tartaglione of and, Deadline. And they should pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, Tartaglione. Okay, I, I, for, I didn't get the I didn't get that e at the end. Uh, Italy cinemas will get back to business from June fifteenth. The government announced on Saturday as it outlined an overall easing of lockdown protocols and what and what was the initial epicenter of the European continent's coronavirus outbreak. As with other markets that are beginning to lift restrictions on movie going, there will be social distancing measures in place, including staggered seating and online booking, which sounds very similar to what we're doing here in Canada. Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte, uh, Conte how's that, Anthony? That's uh, correct. That's correct. Okay, cool. <laughs> it sounded like you were going to say it wasn't correct. You're like, uh, that's <laughs> okay. uh, that was not correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday, said we are facing a calculated risk with the awareness that the con- uh, 
the contagion curve could rise again. But he also noted concern over a, s- a severely damaged economic and social structure, saying the country could not afford to wait for a vaccine. We are taking our, this risk and we have to accept it. Otherwise, we could not restart the prime minister's stead. Italy has the third highest number of coronavirus fatalities in the world with nearly 32,000 deaths, but it's recorded its lowest daily numbers this weekend since the outbreak started. So you also you know, have to it's, think, sorry, Daniel. I, no, no, I, please. You also have to think. Yes. What were you saying? A lot of this, a lot of the, the outbreak happened in the north of Italy and not the south of Italy. So really the whole country wasn't hugely affected as much as the, the top part of that country. Um, and to think that 32,000 deaths about a month ago, that was like how, like 30 days ago, um, they're opening theaters so quickly because they're worried that their economic structure is going to collapse. Um, I don't know, man. I think, I think, just slowly pushing it would probably be the best option. I don't know what everyone's rush is to get back to a normal life. I think slowly we can start opening theaters, but I don't know. I feel like Italy really hasn't fixed itself yet to be, yeah, we're, let's start to open properly. Yeah, and, and you think about too, like there's also nothing showing yet. The, the closest movie we have on the calendar right now is Tenet, which, again, it's been the running joke on our show. Is that going to open? Is that not going to open? There was a playlist tweet earlier that said that Warner Brothers needs at least 80% of theaters worldwide to open to release Tenet. And you have to think, if Tenet doesn't release, then there's no way Mulan will open up a week later and Wonder Woman in August. And like it's going to be another chain reaction of things not opening. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just one of those things that... Let's make sure it's safe. Again, we're two months away from tenant at least, but I still think with theaters opening up, let's say in Italy in June, I just feel like you need more time to get make sure you're getting things right. I know it's a risk, as he said, but why risk it if there's no reason to risk it? Right. I don't know. Man. I um. I sorry, it, could happen, it could respawn at any moment. And I don't want to put that fear out, but I feel like until we get little numbers or smaller um, numbers in terms of people being infected, I think that's when we can start to slowly bring the economy back to what it was. Right. When you still hear 391 people, that 391 people could be you or me. It could yep, be easily. you know the guy down the street. And for a, a, a virus that's 10 times more infectious than any other virus out there that says a lot yeah and what were you going to say shay you had a comment there yeah i was just gonna say i don't know like pretty much what anthony's point was i don't know why people are rushing to get back to normal i I mean i can understand you know the mental toll that it's taking on people and obviously yes i want things to go back to normal too but i want it done right and on top of that i also now know that the normal that i had before is gone I have to remove that idea out of my brain because the world is not going to be like the way it was. There are certain events that take place during people's lives or during this earth that change the course of the earth. This is the, this is one of them. And whatever, whatever we expect now in the future, totally different. 
It's so true, Shay. And and when you look at two, uh, when we look at the numbers, like Anthony was mentioning, three hundred. Let's say three hundred and ninety-one. I'm not too sure what the numbers are for today, for example. But um, when we look at the numbers, these are numbers with all this social distancing and things being shut down. These are the numbers, and they're still high. So I could only imagine once we start opening things up, those numbers are going to go way up too. Like mm-hmm. you, you'd have to, you'd have to think that like. This is these numbers are yeah they're going down but they're still high, but again that's all with all of these new laws and guidelines in play and I can only imagine what it's going to look like as we open up more things. That's going to be it's going to be really weird, man. And I just don't think that we're in a place that we should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Today's number, let's say in Ontario where we're based, three hundred and forty cases today. Mm-hmm. We're going it's still down. a lot. We're going down, but still a lot. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, this is going to be an ever-evolving story with theaters. They're, they're the hot uh, hot uh, news story with, with everything. I feel like day-to-day we're getting different updates. So we'll see what happens. And the United States is literally not doing better. Like, every no. day is either the same or worse. So how can they think that, okay, you know what? It's a bad time to open up. You haven't even seen a downward trend yet. No, and they're opening beaches and oh, that's that, and that's that's a story for another day. But just yeah, crazy. That's that's for another podcast. I think that <laughs> the I, literally the world leaders are looking at this and saying, you know what? How many people are dying and how many people are infected? Mm-hmm. And they're really, and then how many people are not infected who are not being, who are challenging people like the government to open up, and they're outweighing right. the deaths to make amends with people who are. Who, who have literally stayed home for nine weeks. And I'm like, these guys, how would they even survive if this was even worse? How would they even like live in a world where it would, it would be 10 times worse? I just don't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. We will see what keeps happening. And obviously we'll keep updating you here on the movie podcast every week about it. Uh, continuing on with the news this week, Apple TV plus inks a first look deal with, Ridley Scott's Scott Free Productions. This is coming from Mike Peterson of Apple Insider. Apple has signed a first look television deal with Ridley Scott, sorry, Ridley Scott's Scott Free Productions to get a first crack at content for the Apple TV Plus streaming service. Under the new multi-year deal, Scott Free Productions will develop global TV projects for Apple TV Plus. They will be spearheaded and executive produced by Ridley Scott himself. Uh, according to Variety, Apple's one Scott Free's sig- um, signature in what was described as a pretty competitive environment. So there's no doubt that people were probably trying to. Everyone's this is the thing. It's like draft picks right now. Everyone's trying to sign those big names to their service. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Free is a 25-year-old production company known for successful films like Top Gun, Gladiator, The Martian, as well as TV series like The Good Wife, The Man in the High Castle, and The Terror. has earned more than 100 Emmy nominations with 22 wins and 28 Golden Globe nominations for its TV projects. Of course, Scott is also known for directing Apple's famous 1984 Macintosh um, ad spot. The filmmaker is set to make its TV directional debut on HBO Max's upcoming drama, Raised by Wolves. What do you guys think of this? Good on Apple for getting Ridley Scott's production team because they they do output quite a bit of content, um, TV and movie-wise, and they usually bring in a lot of numbers. Um, But yeah, it's it's good on them. I'm wondering what the first look is. 
I wonder what they have in their arsenal to give them a, give them in terms of their first look. But yeah, good on them. I think everyone always discounts Apple TV Plus as like, oh, okay, they're not a serious streaming service. Um, but Apple has really proved that their content uh, quality-wise is phenomenal. Like there isn't much on the Apple TV Plus yet, but what is on there is made really well. I haven't watched everything, but the the things that I have watched, the production is far outweighs something that's on Netflix. And it's just, you can tell there's care put behind it. So, um, you know, getting these big names like Ridley Scott involved, that's phenomenal. I mean, when Apple did that whole, uh, uh, their whole keynote with all those directors and actors coming out, it might've seemed like, you know, they were patting themselves on the back and just saying, look at all these big names. But now you really see it wasn't just names. It was the quality that they were buying. And that's, again, in their products it shows. And now in their shows it shows. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. They they really do have some quality content. I've been watching Defending Jacob every week and Home Before Dark and The Morning Show and C. And like there's a lot of a lot of quality shows. And I'm hoping now that really Scott's going to be coming. I really think that they'd be great to start seeing some movies coming out as well too because mm-hmm. I think you really need some movies on that um, on that service as well. Yeah. Banker was nope. a, was a great release and I, I enjoyed the Banker. Yeah, oh yeah, the Banker was a great one and it's one of those ones like damn like I'm I'm really hoping we start to see more of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know we have Dads coming up as well too in June, which is a documentary. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we we need some more uh, we need some more movies in there for sure. Yeah, one yeah. thing I didn't I didn't I don't hear a lot of is especially from Apple TV is Amazing Stories, which was uh, Steven Spielberg's kind of like produced show. Which mm-hmm. I don't hear a lot of news about it. Which I thought it was going to be like this crazy. Uh, anthology of science fiction and drama and fantasy and it's going to kind of go into all these different realms and then it just fell flat it literally came it out just kind of came and went right yeah it literally came out in march and then it just disappeared like no one talked about it yeah um but yeah i hope i like you know i was a, a pretty big apple tv hater in the beginning uh-huh. and you were I slowly grew into it um but I hope they they really like up their game with the productions of their uh, TV series, mm-hmm. like HBO, because HBO is right now still number one. I, I can definitely see Apple going down that road. I think they're using HBO as a model in some ways. Um, and they've taken the HBO top yeah. talents. Exactly. Yeah, they, exactly. Too. I mean, obviously, they we talked about it when we did about the whole Band of Brothers, you know, revival. So we're definitely going down that road yeah and it's it's definitely it's definitely turning into let's sign big names let's get these contracts going so we could show the talent that we have mm-hmm. and i could only imagine if apple has like a apple tv plus event this year they're going to showcase look at all the new people that we have coming to us as well too so it's good to see that there's still it's not something that that's coming and going and they forget about this is a service that apple's really investing into so it's nice to see that and i think in the next couple years we'll see that pay off even more Mm -hmm. next up on the news this week luca guadagnino we have this is the italian movie podcast that is correct correct Uh, pronunciation thank you thank you uh 
to direct the Scarface reboot. This is coming from Justin Kroll. Did I say that right as well? Justin Kroll of Variety. So mm-hmm. the Call Me By Your Name filmmaker Luca Guadagnino will direct a reboot of Scarface for Universal Pictures with the latest script coming from Joel, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen. The story has been adapted a number of times, most recently in the 1983 classic starring Al Pacino with Michelle Pfeiffer with Brian Del Palma directing. The new picture is a reimagining of the core immigrant story told in both the 1932 and 1983 films and will be set in Los Angeles. Are you guys Scarface fans? Definitely. Uh, it's, it's hard to say Scarface fan. I, I, I like Scarface. I've watched it twice, I think, in my life. But um, it's not one that I can really put on all the time. I really enjoyed it the times that I've watched it. But, I mean, there's been so many Scarface reboots, I feel like. This, um, I'm, I'm down. Like I feel like there has in like different types or like the actual character or like the story that you know. I think the story I want to say, my apologies. Yeah, because the, the first one I think was 1932, and yeah, and then it's it was about an Italian mafia type of guy, and then it went to a Cuban in 1983 with um, Al Pacino's version. I wonder what the LA version looks like. It's like um like a Mexican drug lord. I'm just thinking like what what mm-hmm. kind of gangsters are there in LA? Yeah. Either they're bloods, crips, or you know, Mexican cartels. Yeah. Right. And it's also too that we're getting Luke uh Luca Guadagnino to direct this, obviously, like coming off of Call Me by Your Name. Daniel, we can we you know how to pronounce the name, okay? Okay, I'm just saying the name <laughs> so people know. Um it's interesting to see that they're getting this director to take it over because it sounds like he he must have a vision for it and they'll have joel and ethan cohen as well too writing a script for it it's I a very interesting team it's a very interesting Sorry, team they have no it's okay oh do you remember yeah. when we were watching call me by your name and we said oh this is so similar to scarface <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know what it is about scarface like i always get like the the image of like like tony Co- montana like like in those like weird Photoshop things with him and every other gangster in the gangster movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like I always like in like in a like a flea market, you see like a poster where it's like, oh, there's Tony Montana and Michael Cor- uh, Corleone, and there's uh, like every single gangster in a movie ever in like I a, was, in the collage. I always think of uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That's it. That's pretty much what. Of I always course, of course. For me, great game yeah. too. But Joe and Ethan Cohen. Um, that's an interesting choice script, choice for a scriptwriter because they're really well known. And usually, when they do a movie with a serious tone to it, they're usually like ten out of ten. Yeah, I, I don't know about their like comedy type of movies. They usually are not as good. Well, Could be hit and miss with serious them. films like No Country for Old Men, um, A Serious Man, True Grit. Um, those films that have that gritty feel to them are usually well written. Mm-hmm. No, I agree yeah, with you. Their last film was really Suburbicon that they wrote. Or oh. in the tragedy of, uh, uh, sorry, the ballad of Buster Scruggs. Which yeah. was well, that's a Netflix one, movie. right? Yeah. Is that with James Franco? Yeah. That's the one with the meme. With the meme, right? First time yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. This movie's probably another 30 years away depending on how the situation ends up out there, but we'll see. 
Next up, in our final news story this week, also coming from Justin Kroll of Variety, Phil Lord and Chris Miller to direct Ryan Gosling astronaut film. MGM has brought Phil Lord and Chris Miller on board to direct and produce the film adaptation of the Martian author Andy Weir's novel, which has Ryan Gosling lined up to star. Amy Pascal has also signed on a producer, joining Gosling and Ken Cow, as well as where Lord Miller and pa- sorry, as producers, Lord Miller and Pascal have a long-running relationship. Obviously, they worked on and won Oscars in Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Sources said that the relationship helped in getting the manuscript in their hands. Sources also say that before Gosling had even finished reading the manuscript, he was lob- lobbying the execs to get Phil Lord and Chris Miller on the production. Uh, imagine that. That's crazy, eh? Like, Gosling, just like, yeah, we need Phil Lord and Chris Miller for this. That's really cool. I, this, this, this just seems like a fever dream. Like, you're, you're, you're telling me, you're <laughs> saying Phil Lord, you're saying Chris Miller, you're saying Ryan Gosling, and I'm just like, here, and I guess it's, you know, another astronaut film, and, you know, while First Man was a well-made movie, it wasn't for me. Um, this is going to be great. This is I, I I can't wait. Like I anything that they're ever attached to Phil Lord, Chris Miller, anywhere Ryan Gosling, I'm always there for. So I'm loving it's it. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting combination. Uh, the one hurdle, going back to the story here, the one hurdle that needed to be overcome was making sure Universal, which just signed a, a first look duo for Phil Lord and Chris Miller, was okay with them making a project for MGM. Uh, so MGM, basically, they had a conversation with Universal, they gave the blessing, and now the project is moving forward. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Very exciting. I guess they have uh, some Anthony. sort of clause with that. Oh, yeah, just, with, with like, the first look agreements, right? With the first look agreements, because they are producing this film. Wouldn't this be a first look? Right. It would be a first look, but the production is a MGM production, so... Maybe they've worked out that said, hey, MGM and Universal will release this, or maybe it's just going to go forward with MGM now, but they ag- agreed to let them do it. So that's pretty cool that they uh, they did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I'm not a big Phil Lord, um, Chris, uh, Chris Miller fan like you guys are. Um, but yeah, cool. Like, fuck, Ryan Gosling is going back to space. <laughs> and it's it's just a cool combination of filming in space. That's that's <laughs> you know. it's just a, it's an interesting uh, pairing of creatives. So like I'm I'm really excited to see what this turns into, and hopefully it's going to be sooner than later because if they have a first look deal with Universal and MGM is saying yeah let's do this. Hopefully it's closer to getting made than being on the back burner. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going into new dates, and boy, do we got some new dates for you this week. I'm excited to talk about the last one. Hamilton is moving up from like October 2021, and it's coming to Disney Plus on July 3rd of this year. That's pretty amazing. Like, that's a huge get for Disney already. And to put it on Disney Plus, that is a huge move and a smart move for them. So, good Did you on say that. move or move? Move. Okay. So, uh, both, you, actually. Again, I'm not a big, like, musical guy and i know hamilton's this huge production but like is this the movie you want to put out as quick as possible to get people to like yeah settle down yeah like, i don't know it, man it, it is it, it really it is, is. more movie like might more content or more things on the shelf that you could put out right now to appease people than hamilton but dude you know how many people 
line up and pay move like paid so much money to get tickets for this and how yeah. much tickets were for the show. And yeah. this is what the original cast too. Like Disney paid seventy million dollars for this, and they're good. It's just good. I'm guaranteed this is going to break records on streaming when it exactly. comes to Disney Plus. It will. It definitely. I mean, I I get where you're coming from, Anthony, because it's not definitely your traditional movie that they're putting out there. But when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, buddy, this is huge!" There are so many fans of the show. I mean, I haven't seen Hamilton yet. Obviously, I, I haven't lined up or spent that much money on these tickets. But if I were to watch Hamilton right now, this to me seems like the best way to do it. And I'm totally okay with that. Um, will I enjoy? Will I not? I mean, I guess I'll have to see. I'm not huge into musicals, but I am slowly um, making my way into them. Uh, but yeah, this is huge for them, man. Like this is they have they have had nothing really come out on their streaming service, but having this, it's really like a first look. There are not that many people that have seen Hamilton yet. Also, and but to Anthony's point as well, like I get, I get it's also in the sense where it's like I'm excited for this. I think this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But as somebody, I'm just like, man, I just want to watch Black Widow. Like I just want. I, there's so many. Exactly, there's so many right? big movies. There's movies that I want to watch. Hamilton. I'm glad it's going to be there, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. Because again, I didn't get to see it in New York City or in San Francisco or in <laughs> Toronto yet. Yeah. But I'm just glad it's going to be there, and, and I think it was such a smart move of them to move it from next fall to Disney Plus in July. So I think that was a really good move on them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, The next next, uh, movie we got coming out is Seth Rogen's American Pickle. This is coming out on HBO Max, August 6, 2020. Did you guys see that picture that Seth Rogen released of him looking like a... He's like a... It looks like it's from the 1920s or 30s. No. No. Do you guys know what this movie is about? I don't like Seth Rogen, so... This is, this is the Anthony doesn't like things podcast now. You guys talk about <laughs> him, and he just he yeah he's dressed. So like if you got, if Seth Rogen came on as a guest in our show, he's gonna be a pickle, and he's gonna smoke up, and he's gonna make his yeah. But Anthony, you like pickles though? Because like pickle. you watch Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah isn't Rick and Morty a favorite show? The only pickle that I laugh because <laughs> he's cool. Seth Rogen, you guys, pickle is just stupid. Do you guys know what this movie is about? No, no, not at all. Let no. me tell you. And an immigrant worker falls into a vat of pickles and is brined for a hundred years. The brine preserves him perfectly, and when he emerges in present-day Brooklyn, he finds that he hasn't aged to the day. So it's like Captain America. Yeah, but he went in pickles Captain instead. Pickle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. So we don't have too long of a wait for that one. Mythic Quest, Quarantine. So this is... We've seen a, a couple shows do this. So this is coming to Apple TV+. Plus. Um, it's basically a work from home version of Mythic Quest coming out May 22nd. So literally this week, I'm so excited. Mythic Quest has probably been my favorite show this year. Um, so I'm excited to get more of it. It looks really funny. Yeah, yeah I, I, really I love that show. Anthony, did you end up? Did you finish Mythic Quest? Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we did. We spoke about it. About in it. Episode. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, like hey, how did you yeah. remember that? I'm like, you have it on lock, eh? <laughs> I think I watched it like you watched it one week, and I'm like, okay, I'll put it on. I really loved it. Yeah. yeah and and finally, really like a quarantine version of it just suits the show. Yeah, definitely. Because of the characters. Yeah, and, and it's like workplace comedy, so like it's perfect to for uh, a home version. And we don't have to wait long, which is even better. And finally. This week in new dates coming out 
in theaters August 28th, 2020. New Mutants. Okay. So, do you believe it? Good decision Disney has made this week. It was this was the bad decision. (laughs) Literally should have come out like spontaneously on fucking Thursday. It should have been a surprise drop. I agree. It's like here, here it is. Just take it. Fucking. I agree. I don't even like. I don't even need to make money off it because uh, the movie's already paid for. It's been twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen actually. I think. If you needed. If did you guys see that those tweets going around of all the different posters mm-hmm. with all the different dates on it? Yeah. Since 2018, it's crazy. It's if nuts. you wanted if you wanted to if you wanted any idea of how little shit Disney gives about this movie, it's putting a movie to release on August 28th in the summer. Literally days before school opens, let's put this movie out for it to die. This movie is going to die a very painful death in theaters. This movie would have done so much better, like what Anthony's saying, if they just surprise dropped it on a random day, or I guess whatever is a fitting day, and then just people would have been like, oh my God, and people would have yeah. flocked to seen it. But now that there's it's- that anticipation again that we're trying to build with this movie, I don't care. I almost hate this film now. <laughs> this like I don't get why this movie hasn't dropped on iTunes. Yeah. Like there's no there's no need for all of this buildup and everything out, just drop it on iTunes. Yeah. Am I being, uh, do we know all the details? Do we know that this theater, this movie, they agree to give it a theater release and they, they can't contract contractually like change it. Maybe, well, but you guys could find a way of doing it. These are unprecedented times. Well, do you August think 28th. Do what? you think it's the fear that universal kind of had with um, AMC and Regal saying like, Hey, listen here, bitch. Maybe don't ever release a film. Digitally again, and we'll kick your nuts. <laughs> I remember you well, I mean, guys telling look at me. Scoob. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. But I remember you guys telling me something to do with HBO having right. the streaming streaming rights streaming rights for this movie, and that's why they can't release it. And like, they can't release the streaming lines. And I'm like, how does that even like HBO is owned by Warner Brothers? When this movie was made, this movie was made 20th Century Fox. And they got the streaming rights. Like, I, I, when you make a movie, just make it and produce it and finalize it yourself. All these different right. like rigmaroles of this this studio has this right and this studio has that right. I'm like, how does 20th Century <laughs> Fox give the right to a Warner Brothers umbrella to stream the content? Wait, you didn't think 20th Century didn't think maybe at the time they would have a freaking streaming service? You can literally Probably start streaming service today. Probably not, you yeah. You can literally put a web, uh, a freaking video online and stream it to the rest of the world. But I'm does so 20th excited. Century Fox have a library that they were like, okay, we can start a um, a streaming service? Because all their big names, like, I mean, they, were all, they already had lost Star Wars, right? To Disney. So I think for quite a while, 20th century knew that they were going to get bled out and they knew that who would come to buy them it would be disney right and obviously they have a huge library of content over like the hundred and something years that they've been around Mm -hmm. but it's like is it is it worth like like and i get studios have to but but this is the thing i get studios have to like disney even made deals a year or two ago, like for movies to come to, to Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. And they do that because they know they have the audience there and Netflix will pay big bucks for it. But like Fox made this deal and now Disney has to honor it 
And it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, well, why like put it on HBO then and mm-hmm. let people buy it? Like who yeah. cares at this point? Yeah. Putting an August 28th date on this is literally sending this. That is probably <laughs> the worst date. I'm not even kidding you. That's probably the worst date yeah. to ever put on a movie ever. Because not feel, even if this movie would have done better in January than it's going to do on August twenty eighth. I feel so bad for the cast and the crew, man. Could you imagine being a director for this film and wanting people to see your vision? Because a, you're finally getting the opportunity to make an X Men film. B, this is a very different X Men film, and then your movie is literally just being shit on by everybody because of its unfortunate release strategy. Yeah, it just it just absolutely blows my mind that this was the date they decided. Yeah. This is just. Absolutely- Do you believe this is the date though? Do you believe that August twenty eighth? Will this happen? Like, <laughs> like if theaters are still closed for some reason, or they reclose at this point, could you imagine they still release it to like that one theater in Georgia or something? I don't know, man. I I don't think. Part of me, I I feel like I don't believe this movie is going to open up on that date. No, I, I wish. Thinking. Like I, uh, it's just you got like. You got like Hamilton, which was it came. It's coming out July third. Hamilton, this big movie, like everyone's talking yeah. about it. Like literally, I'm not gonna lie. Like this, it was throughout the whole, the media. It was like the biggest thing they've ever done. Then you got like New Mutants, which is an X Men franchise, which probably internationally would do better than Hamilton because Hamilton's about like American Civil War and rapping about that stuff. I don't know, but <laughs> what rapping? <laughs> <laughs> internationally new mutants would probably do better for your streaming service to get new people to sign up doesn't make sense i'm sorry like that just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. yeah it's I a think very bigger news would have been new mutants coming out july 3rd on streaming platforms internationally fucking case closed or new mutants now out <laughs> or like new mutants yeah. and hamilton come out july 3rd together and they fucking or new hamilton <laughs> now because when we look at, at <laughs> yeah of course and now when we look at august because of course these studios are all banking on august they're, they're all banking on theaters to open up and we're looking at august right now and i'm looking at these new dates for movies in august and it's like okay you got spongebob to open up the month then you got wonder woman then you have bill and ted and now you're going to have new mutants at the end of that and then the following week a quiet place part two opens up what do you oh, think these people are God. going to go watch in the theaters? No one's going to go see that. Because one, they're already risking, you're risking your your life going to the theater. And you're telling me people are now going to go to the theater to see all of these movies and they're going to see New Mutants now? They're yeah. not. And, and and on top of that, people are not going to be going that often to the theater. If theaters do open up, they're not going to be like, oh, let's go every couple days. Yeah. Like, right, Especially if it's like 50 bucks thing. a ticket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, it just it's it blows my mind at this decision. I just unless this is something that there is a contract out there that they literally had no way of doing it. But even then, it's Disney. You guys, money will solve your problems for this. You know, mm. it just it's just a very weird decision. And I honestly like. So, are we all in agreement? Do you guys think it's going to stick this release date? I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so either. Stay tuned, and we'll find out. Uh, we've got some new trailers this week. Only two trailers this week that we're going to be talking about. Uh, the first one. Oh my god, we have to unhinged. <sighs> so <laughs> this did you? Did you guys all see this trailer? Yeah. Yes. 
uh, Unhinged <laughs> stars Russell Crowe as a very angry person with road rage. What did you guys think of this trailer? Man, that the uh, yeah, Russell Crowe needs a <laughs> what the fuck is what I thought. Yeah, literally, he needs a drink, man. This guy <laughs> took it to a whole nother level of he was, road rage. He was just like it, it reminded me of a movie that would have come out in two thousand two. Yes, uh, you know, with some like, like really, changing like, lanes. <laughs> yeah, like really edgy like pop song of that time, or like. The movie Lincoln with, Park um, blaring, yeah, or like that movie that came out with Chris Evans and Kim Basinger, uh, cellular, you know, yeah, and Jason Statham was in that one too. Like, this looks so bad. I can't believe anyone in the right mind when they're making this film was like, My god, this is this is pure art. It was, it looked so bizarre, not even fun. I, I just, I was getting road rage sitting in my house watching this trailer, and, and some of the lines in the trailer too, just like. Like you have have a bad day, like or something like stupid yeah. like that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, wait till you get to me. Like, it's like, what do you like? Who wrote what? this? What? And then on top of that, you have like these same moments in movies that I honestly I never know how these characters end up in this. But it's always like, hey, I'm I'm sitting here with a friend of yours that you've never introduced me to. Uh, what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> and then he kills yeah. that guy clearly. Yeah. But I'm like, how did these moments happen in films? I've never once met one of Daniel or Anthony's friends by accident in a random place and then <laughs> yeah. just started Oh yeah, let me use your them. phone too. <laughs> yeah, let me just use your phone. Can you call your friend? From, can you call Anthony for me? Oh yeah, oh, let me call him God. right now. Hey Anthony, I'm here with your friend. No shade, get out of the way. That guy's a killer. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Oh God. Yeah, it looks uh, it looks very interesting. The writer of this movie, he, uh, he was a screenwriter on Red Eye. He also was a screenwriter on Disturbia. It looks like Red Eye too. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, Red Dawn, the 2012 Red oh, Dawn. God. Oh, God. Jesus. Who thought we'll this would happen? Give it a break. Come on. We get to see Russell Crowe be... Are you Are you going to see this movie, Anthony? Sorry? No, I'm not going to see oh, okay. it. Oh, like, okay. Then, then shut your mouth. 100%, 100% I would stream it. Guess, guess when it comes out, guys. Is it already out? <laughs> no. August 28th? It's, it's coming to theaters. It's going to be one of the first movies to test theaters when they open up July 1st, 2020. That's the one that you got to oh. test theaters with. This is going to, and watch this movie make a billion dollars. <laughs> There's going to be a sequel, Unhinged 2. Still Unhinged. <laughs> you know, did it's, you guys watch uh, The Last yeah. Three Days? No. No. You've never watched The Last Three Days with no. Russell Crowe? No. It's a really good movie. It reminded me of it because there's like a car and he's driving it, but <laughs> it's a really good movie. <laughs> I've never seen Russell Crowe drive a car in a film. Oh, wait. No, Gladiator. He drove a car in Gladiator. Drove, You're he right. He drove a car in Gladiator. Yeah. I've watched the last three days. It's directed by uh, Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis. Yeah. Paul Haggis? Haggis. Haggis. Like Paul Haggis does? Haggis. Haggis. <laughs> <laughs> the next trailer we have this week is Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saiga. That's a uh, that's a name for sure. This stars Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. Did you guys see the trailer for this? I had literally no idea that this was a thing. No, no. Did no. You, you guys didn't see it at all. No, no. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything for you because there's literally it's like a music video. The trailer and it's basically this sounds like I'm what's the plotting it for you right now but I'm not. It's literally Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell almost dressed up like Viking. Oh, Norse I did characters. see this. I lied. 
I did. And they're singing a song and it just looks absolutely insane. I hope it's funny. I hope it, I just hope it's a funny movie, but who knows? This is, I was this very is coming confused to Netflix. By it. I was like, yeah. what the hell is going on here? And I just like yeah. reformatted my computer. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting one. All right. Uh, so that was it for trailers this week. Just a quick recap. You know, we're almost halfway through the year. Bad Boys for Life is still the number one worldwide grossing movie this year, followed by Sonic the Hedgehog and Doolittle, for, starring Robert Downey Jr. Crazy times we're living in right now. Isn't guys. it crazy that the Sonic the Hedgehog was delayed because the world didn't like what Sonic looked like, so mm-hmm. they changed it in the latest six months for it to come out and like be the second biggest movie of 2020. <laughs> Like, yep. <laughs> there you like, go. Set that up. Like that's that's just uh, ridiculous. that's the timeline we're living in right now. You know, mm-hmm. we're living in a timeline where Unhinged gets July first, gets Independence Day like weekend level release dates, but New Year's is coming out August as well. Yeah. Oh God! Can, can you believe Doolittle do with two hundred million? Like. Uh, I made that money, man. Do you think they'll make a money. sequel now because it made that money? <laughs> no, because that, that's, like, that's still a bomb part, I think. Yeah, I, think I still think a that's a, a bombed, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't Interesting. know what the, um, the budget was, but yeah. I think it was a lot <laughs> because of all the different actors in that movie. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, what have you been watching this week? This week? So after last week's episode, I thought, you know what? Let me put on some TV and watch some Running Man. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so on Amazon Prime, for some reason, they have like a couple of like older Arnold Schwarzenegger films. So right after the podcast, I put on The Running Man and Raw Deal, which I've never seen before. Um, I love The Running Man. It's such a great movie for its time, just in, in, in the sense of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's not well, it's not like the greatest written um, movie out there or best directed, but just for Arnold Schwarzenegger nostalgia. It's so good. I was trying to find Total Recall, but no streaming service was um, had it. So then I went to Raw Deal, which I've never seen before. That was a really Arnold Schwarzenegger film, and I liked it. Then, I, for some reason, I just put on Lethal Weapon. Because I'm like, if I'm in the 80s, I'll just continue like, <laughs> the 80s. Uh, <laughs> May as well. <laughs> so Lethal Weapon, which it's a Lethal Weapon. Like, How can you not like it? The, the chemistry between Mel Gibson and uh, Danny Glover Danny Glover is fantastic. And I hope for one day they make another Lethal Weapon, but Lethal Weapon this, 4 was not as good. Just watch Why Always Sunny, man. Yeah, exactly. You should watch Always Sunny because they love <laughs> Lethal Weapon and they make a Lethal Weapon 5. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, <laughs> Then um, I put on Rick and Morty because I'm – I for some reason forgot that I had more episodes to watch because Rick and Morty when they, when they do their shows sometimes it could be like four or five months before a new show comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a, a message on my phone saying, "Hey, you have an episode of Rick and Morty?" And I'm like, "I do." I had three of them because I bought the season and I thought the season ended, but there was more. So I finished awesome. watching Rick and Morty and then I rewatched the whole thing because it's just it's such a great comedy and it's so well written and just. The character of Rick and Morty are fantastic. You got Rick, who's literally a god, who nothing bad can happen because he will always have some sort of plan around it. And Morty, who's always just, you know, it's just this kid that's just dealing with these adventures with his grandfather. 
Very, very funny. I know you guys haven't gotten into it. I still think you I should. Watched it, yet, it gets yeah. better every year. Like this year, the production value has even gone higher. They did um, uh, a Snowpiercer episode with a train, which was really, really good. I keep saying yeah. to myself that I'll watch it, but I think I know, what ruined you guys... for me. I think what ruined it for me was the whole when the whole McDonald's uh, Szechuan sauce Szechuan thing happened, sauce, yeah. and how. And I just think whenever I meet someone other than Anthony, who's Anthony, you surprised me that you watched the show. Anytime I met somebody, they're like, "I love Rick and Morty." I immediately already hate that person. So um, <laughs> this is like, I'm like, "Oh my god, I've never liked you before." So this is interesting that you like this show. And then when Anthony told me he watched Rick and Morty, I was like, oh, this explains so much. No, I'm just kidding. Well, like, um, it's, it's it's a cartoon about, like, science fiction, right? But then they have, like, mature themes, and they swear a lot, and they have, like, there's each episode has, like, this, oh, a make-you-think moment where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that makes sense. So how's this? Like, how's this? A philosophy behind it. I'll watch Rick and Morty if you watch Harley Quinn because it's the same thing. It's They're, they're R-rated animated shows. Yeah, definitely. I'll watch it this week. Okay. okay. Fucking, right. are you happy now? I'm pretty excited. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I went through the whole series again. And then I watched uh, The Last Dance, which is episode... Yep. Seven and eight. And seven? Oh, seven and eight, yes. yeah. Sorry. I actually watched yeah. five and six and seven and eight because I didn't watch it fully the last time. But this episode... Was fantastic. Oh, especially so the good. one about competition and like yeah. crying seven. about. Yeah, that's seven. And everyone's they, like, "Oh, he's a villain!" Like you, she's an asshole. I'm like, dude, this guy. Like you have to understand. Like he was Michael Jordan. There was no one else out there like him, like him. And there was um, there was a, a an athlete who's like, yeah, if he talked to me like that, I would like you know, I would put him in his place. I'm like, dude. This guy won six championships. He had like a vision that no one else had in basketball. And you're telling me you're going to just tell him that his will to win wouldn't push you, like whiplash you into winning? What? Like, fuck, man. I wish I had that right now. That would be like the most positive thing. Like have someone say who sees potential in you and tell you you fucking suck because you're not utilizing it. It's, right is like the greatest motivation because he believes in you. Yeah, and I, and I love uh I love when they kind of like cut to like athletes saying like yeah like I shouldn't have talked trash because then he, <laughs> he he brought it you know yeah that's um, the meme yeah, right I'm, one. yeah and I and I can I'll be so like today as you're listening to this episode the final two episodes are out and I'm gonna really miss watching this every week because it's yes. such a phenomenal phenomenal show. Yes. Watch it. Would you I, buy this show? If it, yes. Yes. It yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. telling. I was literally telling that to Shay uh, last week. I'm like, I wish I could own this show. Like, I wish I could buy it. Like, I wonder if they're ever going to release it on iTunes or in a box set with a basketball. Honestly, and, like, like sweat I, or I would. Oh God. <laughs> I was uh, waiting for you to react to that. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would 100 buy it physical, digital, anything. Because like, I, I don't think a documentary series has <clears throat> moved me. I never looked forward to something so much. And, and I don't know if it's because of quarantine or because this is hitting all the right notes, but every episode is so well made. And the transfer from that footage to how it looks now is it's literally like going into a time machine. And, and I yeah. love that feature about it. They, they're, they absolutely nail it. So I'm just, I'm just hope that I can't wait to see what this production team does next with stuff. Yeah. Um, 
I watched Dark Side of the Ring, which was on Animal and Hawk, the Road Warriors. You probably, you must, yes, like, sir. For, the, for those who, who don't watch wrestling, you probably have seen these characters. They are the 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 two guys with the, the the NFL pads on with the spikes coming out. They look like literally Road Warriors from um, Mad Max. So they talk about their life in the 80s and 90s and then the uh, tragic death of Animal. Um, and it was such a great episode because growing up watching the Road Warriors, they were like beyond belief. They were like, yeah. oh, these guys are like, they're real? Like these guys must be bad ass because they, yeah, they look like action figures right like yeah, they, they had that look figures. like that this these were the guys that um when i was when we were first talking about um uh the show this these were ones like yeah my dad like p- like went like picked these guys up at the airport and had lunch with them and stuff like that because they were doing a show here in in toronto and my dad was part of that show in terms of like getting getting it organized and my dad had to go pick them up at the airport. I'm like, that's cool. So my dad really loved watching this episode too. He's like, damn, like it just like took him back to another time. Really cool. Yeah. Another so yeah, phenomenal documentary series. And then the this week's episode, which will be on Tuesday, is going to be on Owen Hart and his death. So um, that will be the, the the last episode of the season. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, put on Ghostbusters. Haven't seen it in a long time. I love I like so we were talking about this before we started the show. So I love the idea of Ghostbusters. I love like the aesthetics and you know the, the costumes and what they do. I don't think it was a great film though. Like if I were banking on movies of the '80s being a phenomenal hit, I wouldn't think Ghostbusters would be one of them. Just because I don't know, there was something if it was a script or with the, not as much action, I just didn't feel what other people felt when they watched this movie. When and was the last time you watched it? Probably like five years ago. And before that, like 10, when I was a kid, I just, I don't get the deal with ghostbusters. I am. Um, so ghostbusters for me, I hadn't properly watched until very late. Uh, probably like in my early 20s I'd say and I I kind of agree with you there Anthony where I was like oh okay yeah that was that was great I I didn't at the end of it go oh my god yeah I gotta I gotta you know buy everything Ghostbusters now but <clears throat> I appreciated it and I kind of thought about it I'm like okay I'm assuming at this time in the 80s you know these special effects I mean special effects were really being pioneered at this point and People were like, "Oh my God, there's lasers coming out," and and I still I still think Bill Murray is really funny in it. So I think a lot of that combination and those actors being at their prime probably helped. But I think now, yeah, it doesn't translate as well if it's like your first time viewing it or viewing it after a long time. Well, after watching the Afterlife trailer of Ghostbusters, I'm like, man, this this movie, I can't wait for this movie to come out. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know if this will kind of reinvigorate the idea of. The, the 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 Ghostbuster team, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't feel like I don't know like if I was lining up my '80s movies, Ghostbusters wouldn't be on there. Like it's no Indiana Jones, so mm-hmm. Star Wars, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not that movie. I would say, well, this changed movies for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah I'm I'm very similar with you guys. Um, I I watched it growing up, so I, I got to watch it young, but. 
it was one of those things that I always I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like I I'm a fan of the Ghostbusters like brand. Mm. I know I know it's an iconic brand and everything like that. But other than that, when you think back, like they've only really had one good movie. Good movie. <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's interesting that like there's been so many spin-off projects regarding that one kind of intellectual property. But you know what? I'm really excited for Afterlife. So fingers crossed that's the one that brings me into the series more did you guys, did you guys ever watch the animated show uh, a little bit a little bit but little bit, not nothing yeah. Yeah. yeah same here not my, one my that buddy really... one of my best friends growing up had a lot of the toys so we would watch the show at the same time and yeah that was about it yeah um i also watched mission impossible the first one i haven't seen that yes. in a long time um i put it on my my feed my instagram feed my story i'm like i don't remember it being this good and i think it was because this mission impossible wasn't driven by effects it was mm-hmm. more of like a lot of like listening and understanding because this is probably the hardest mission possible to understand what what's happening what's going on yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like very it's espionage focused right very espionage very like boring it's very smart sense. it's smart but like it could get boring at times because mm-hmm. if you yeah. were a kid when i watched it and I last time I watched it because I never watched it after I only watched two and three and all the action pack ones um, it kind of became like, what is like, what, wait, whoa, what's happening? Why is she? So, uh, rewatching it again for the first time in the probably, I want to say 16 years, 15 years. It was 96. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's very much a Brian Del Palma movie, right? Where it's just like, yeah. let's just focus on the characters, which I dig, but it's, it lays so much groundwork for where the series goes from there. Cause this, the, the, the stunts in it are phenomenal as well. And it's just like camera high. angles. Man. Oh, like beautiful. And it's so funny because when I watch this, is this like, is that, are those camera angles very Brian De Palma? Because if you look at Batman Returns, there are scenes very similar to Brian De Palma's scenes in Batman, not, is, yeah, Batman Returns, that they have like this depth of field look where the, the character is literally in the foreground. Yeah, and then everything else is completely blurred out to the point where it has like this this really blurred out effect. So I don't know it's, if that was a Brian De Palma look because I don't watch a lot of his films other than Scarface and this, um, or it was just a look that was taken during that time. So that's like it's a it's a very uh, Del Palma Scorsese effect. It's called like a split uh, diopter, I believe it's called. Um, where they kind of it's like they blend two scenes together so they'll have uh like the one character in the foreground in focus and they'll have everything else blurred out or they'll have another character in the background in focus so it's a very unique look and yeah del palma used that a lot um i know scorsese used that a lot and mm-hmm. i think goodfellas and casino and stuff but um it's a very it's a very you don't see it too often today but it's because i think a lot of uh a lot of uh They'll just use like effects for it, where basically like the lens of the camera has like two different like focal points on it. So it's almost like um like a like bifocal lenses where it's able to pick up something in the foreground and background differently. It's a really, really mm-hmm. cool effect. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Mission Impossible, the first one has a lot of that and just such iconic iconic scenes in that movie as well too so, that scene that you yeah. posted anthony is honestly one of my favorites just the the dialogue between both characters and then you start to realize that all of this was a mole hunt um and just overall the the angles in that shot are so cool yeah um yeah i put that on really loved it and then 
I watched Ready or Not, which is on Crave. So I haven't watched it. You guys told me to watch it. Um, I liked it. I just didn't like the ending of it. I I, I thought the movie was set up so well that there was going to be like this standoff or spoiler alert guys if you haven't seen it there's this standoff with the family which never really happened um so i wish there was more you wish it was more like the trailer because like the trailer has it very much like it's like her hunting the family almost so it's there's a lot yeah. of reversal of expectations in it which i liked a lot too and there's a lot more comedy in it than i was expecting as well i really enjoy the movie but yeah i i totally could understand like recommending this movie like i wouldn't recommend it to everyone because it's it's one of those weird ones where it's like i don't know like if everyone's gonna like it Mm -hmm. right it's 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 just i don't know i just i expected her to go like reach a point where she's like the only way i can get out of this house is to take out this family and i didn't I wanted that. It's just like, oh, these coincidences that happened that she somehow got out of. Um, other than the scene where she kicks the driver and the car flips. But right. like I wanted like a Laurie Strode type of character because she looked so cool. She had she was a bride. I'm gonna call her the bride. She was the bride. She had like these converse on, she had this gun in her hand with the friggin', you know, the Rambo bullet chest. And I'm like, oh, she's gonna reverse everything she's gonna start hunting these guys so she can survive rather than just the family kind of imploded themselves right kind of and then maybe that's what the directors wanted i just expected or i felt like i would have went the route of let's take out the whole family even at the end with the the husband changing i'm like man i didn't like that didn't even feel natural because like this guy was gonna risk his life it would have made more sense if he still risked his family and she lost him rather than just reverse and try to kill her. Right. Right. Yeah, man. But yeah. Okay. That was, uh, that was my, uh, my watch for this. week. can't wait or for next week's watch. I'll have some interesting movies to talk about. What do you, what do you got? Your team well, I'm going to watch this, you know, this Harley Quinn friggin' show. That oh, okay. Oh. That. <laughs> I'll, a, I'll, you know what? I will watch Rick and Morty. I'll watch season one if I can. Watch season one and season two. Oh, okay. So you, I, I got <laughs> to 30 minute sessions. There's 30 minute sessions, man. How many episodes a, a season? Very like I don't know like seven six seven uh, eight yeah seven, seven might have more like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like seventeen six 20. seven eight nine ten why do you 15. have to ask why does it matter <laughs> a new show on um, Amazon Prime I think it's called The King yes With William Holt and uh, L Fanning yeah that looks funny and interesting so I'm gonna watch that too so I'll give you my Excited. review next week about it sounds good. Uh, before we get into the rest of what we've been watching, Shay and I this week watched two new releases um, that were originally theater-bound, but now we got them on video on demand at home. Uh, we'll review them in the order that we watched them. So, Shay, what did you think of Tom Hardy in Capone? All right, so let's talk about Capone here. So Capone, directed by Josh Trank. Josh Trank famously directed uh, Chronicle, the you know low-budget indie superhero kind of film with Dane DeHaan and Michael B. Jordan uh, goes on to direct the famous or infamous Fan Four Stick or Fantastic Four that came out. 
Uh, and after that, you know, pretty much scrubbed off the face of Hollywood due to, you know, his behavior. Let's just say that. Uh, kind of comes back here with uh, another low-budget uh, film here with Tom Hardy. And this is based on the final year of Al Capone's life. Now, the trailer for this film seemed very interesting. I felt like, okay, he's going to take himself seriously here. And he's going to make a very interesting movie. I remember when the set photos were coming out, too. This movie, uh, it made me like. I think the reason why Russell Crowe is so angry and unhinged is because he just left a screening of Capone. <laughs> I I don't think anyone could be that angry and on the road unless they like. If I was on the road after watching Capone, I probably would have you know followed somebody too and killed them and then found their friend. But <laughs> no, obviously not, guys. Jesus. But. But my God, this movie—it made me so angry. I, I, I was just—I was just furious watching this film. But I think that's what Trank wanted. I feel like he's like—I don't hate Trank. I don't hate Josh Trank. I don't hate any director really. But he almost wanted to instill a reaction out of people watching this film. And there are so many moments in this movie that I'm like, why the fuck did you think that that was the right thing to do here? It's, um, I was literally going to ask you, like, what made you angry watching this film? Because it's it's a character that you know it's Capone. Like, it's not like this beloved character. So what mm-hmm. what part? What, what made you really mad? There's when- there's a moment where um, you know the, the scene is kind of building up really tense, and you're like, oh my god, what's happening? And it's just first of all, Tom Hardy he does not do a good job in this film at all. His acting is almost deplorable. I, I was so furious seeing him try to mumble and stumble his way through this film. Yeah, um, if you thought he mumbled before in movies, yeah. this the voice he does in this movie is like, I I was like, I, I need subtitles. Like, I do not yeah. understand a word that he's saying. Not at he's all. He's supposed to be a 48-year-old man, but he's playing it like he's 94. It's um, crazy. It's absolutely, it's... It's madness, and yeah. a lot of this movie is like it's taking place in his head, but he's also like. And I here's the thing: I 100% am glad that Josh Trank got to make the movie that he wanted to make. I think every director deserves that—that that you get to have your vision and see it come to life. Whether or not that equals a good movie or not, it's going to change movie to movie. This was not a good movie, and this movie had so many scenes of it where I was just like, "What's the point of this? What's going on?" I have no idea why we're doing the things that we're doing. Tom Hardy shitting himself again. This is just like, no, literally like he's shitting himself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was building up to was the um, fact that his scene was getting so intense. And then all of a sudden, I don't know where it cuts. And there's literally just explosive diarrhea in his bed. And they don't, <laughs> they don't like hint at it. It's there. Like you see yeah. it. It's, there's a scene where he's just farting and all the characters are going like, oh, God, that's awful. And I'm like, my God, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> I think my favorite review, Shay, like, so we had that we had that review that we saw earlier that's saying how the movie's, like, revolting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tweet that you did, because there's a scene in the movie, I don't think people really care about spoilers. But if you do care about spoilers of Capone, skip ahead, like, 10 seconds, um, where Matt Dillon cuts out his own eyes. Yeah. And I saw you tweet that this is how I felt watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, that is how I felt. I'm like, that's that's accurate. And Did that happened in the movie. 
It yeah, does. there's a it scene where he, where he, I, it's, I mean, I, again, I don't think anyone cares about spoilers, but again, a lot of this film is taking place in Capone's head. So Matt Dillon is talking to him. And then I don't know where Matt Dillon takes a knife, puts it in his eye and rips it out, rips them out and just leaves them on his chest. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I wish was happening right now. It's uh, wow. yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of weird scenes in this movie. And yeah, I, honestly, at the end of the day, we have a review system here on the movie podcast and this time with. Um, I think this is a real gem. <laughs> Shay, what would you give your recommendation on Capone? I'm going to have to give it a new rating. I'm going to say flush it. Don't even stream it. Don't even skip it. Just flush this damn movie down the Flush toilet. it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't watch it. Yeah. Definitely skip it. Flush it. Just, just don't give it your time. And I hate saying that. I don't like being negative, but. Uh-huh. I agree. It's it's uh it's a movie that if we really wanted to critique it and pick it apart, we could spend a lot of time doing that. But also, I felt like it was very self indulgent, and I hate saying that because it's it seems like that's such a phrase that feels like I'm yes. oh I'm better than this person. It's not. It just feels like I felt like Tra- Trank was saying I could do whatever I want. I don't care. Let's just do it. And it didn't deliver an entertaining movie or a fun movie or a movie that. I, I can't even say it's a fun bad movie. No, it's just a plain bad movie that I never want to watch or think about again. Daniel, I think after we finished watching it, one of the first things I said to you was, "I would rather watch um, cats, cats again than this." Yeah. Wow, that's saying a lot because cats was awful. Like really, like like I would have cut my eyes out for cats. Yeah. But at least cats. We I was watching it because I couldn't stop watching it of how crazy it was. But this movie was just like it was. It was it was just a plain bad movie. And at the end of the day, like we're here hurting from. I get weekly emails from Letterbox saying, "Hey, last movie logged uh, March seventh. I'm like, oh god, stop reminding me. It's been so long since I've seen like a new movie, and it's hard when you get a movie like this, and you're just like. Damn, this is all I'm getting right now. This is the only fulfillment of new movies as I'm getting is this one. So, and, I, and and just like you said, Daniel, I I hate tearing apart a film. And again, I don't think that Josh Trank went with the intention of saying I'm going to make an awful film. I'm sure no one in this film wanted to do that. I'm sure Tom Hardy, you know, did his best to try to. He committed. He committed. He committed. But it just, I it was. So so up its own ass for no reason. It did not need to be. And I think that the reaction that people got out of watching something like Human Centipede is very similar to what people will get out of this film. Yeah, that's that's an apt, uh, that's a proper comparison. Uh, we watched another new movie this week. Yeah, you want to keep this one up? Yeah, so Scoob. Uh, it's an animated film, again, was supposed to come to theaters, but it did not. They decided to go the video-on-demand route. Um, this is directed by Tony Cravone, or Tony Cravone, if he's uh, if he's Itali- if Italiano. Um, this stars Will Forte as Shaggy, Mark Wahlberg as the Blue Falcon, Jason Isaacs as Dick Dastardly. Gina Rodriguez as Velma, Zac Efron as Fred, and Amanda Seyfried as Daphne. And yeah, this was a Seyfried. I'm going to, I'll go with yours. Judges, judges, (laughs) review. Judges. Um, So 
this was a movie that we saw the trailer for it a few months ago when we were just like, yeah, I don't like where this is going. And this kind of movie turned exactly into that. And it kind of sucks having two not so great movies back to back. But, you know, this movie starts off and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, wow, I think I may be wrong. I'm actually really enjoying this. It starts <laughs> off with with young Shaggy and young Scooby meeting each other. Um, and then they kind of go to out trick-or-treating for Halloween. They kind of build their bond, and then they meet the rest of the gang as kids. And I'm like, wow, I really like that. I actually was telling Shay, I'm like, you know what? Like, I would have taken a whole movie of them at, as kids because it's something we've never seen before. Them as kids, almost like a Stranger Things, like 80s sci-fi movie of them kind of figure out this mystery because I think that would work really well for Scooby-Doo. Mm. And give it a a new take on it other than just them always kind of doing the same thing. This movie time jumps to, I guess, present day. And which is is also weird because young Shaggy had like a a new smartphone. We're not going to get into that. Uh, It jumps to present day and it's the team breaks up basically because Simon Cowell says that. You're not making this up by the way. And I'm I'm not. Simon Cowell of American Idol fame says that Shaggy and Scooby are not marketable and they don't, they're not popular with, um, with the gang. He can't market them. So Shaggy and Scooby basically leave, meet up with the blue Falcon and, uh, whatever the dog's name is. Dog robot. Dog robot? No, it's uh, (laughs) (laughs) a, what's his damn name? Ken Jong. Jong, Yeah. Um, they meet up with him, and then the movie turns into this giant dynamite. 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 That's it. This movie turns into some giant movie that has no connection to Scooby Doo at all, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like there are characters from the Hanna Barbera universe of characters, but like the whole setup for this movie is just so silly with jokes that are so pandering to young kids that it just doesn't. It never connected with me. And it made me just kind of go back and be like, you know what? I'd rather watch the 2002 Scooby-Doo movie than ever oh, watch this one. Easily. What did you think of Scoob, Shay? Listen, so again, same thoughts as you here. Movie starts off the first five minutes. I'm like, you know what? I might be wrong here. I think this actually might be, oh my God, it took such a deep turn. And it went down this hole of, like, right when we got to Simon Cowell, I was like, wait, who is this movie for now? Like, do kids today what? know Simon Cowell? American is? Idol hasn't been relevant for, like, t- over 10 years at this point. And neither has Simon Cowell. Like, no one talks about yeah. Simon Cowell. And he's also the only character in this movie that is meant to look like a real human, while everybody else is meant to look like cartoons. So, right. again, doesn't make sense, but... And I don't think kids, I don't know if the kids will find it funny. And then it goes to Mark Wahlberg's character. Mark Wahlberg, he's not a good actor. He's not a good animated actor. So you're not going to have <laughs> Like, Mark, story. you got one take. Mark, you got one take for every line, please. And like, okay, I got, I got this. I could do this. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm the Blue Falcon. And I'm like, why are you doing this role right now? And again, you split up, the, you split up these characters. They're, they need to work together. And then on top of that, you're introducing... All these Hanna-Barbera uh, animated characters from the universe, like Dick Dastardly, you're getting Captain Caveman, you're getting all these amazing characters from their library. So is this is this now setting up like an extended universe? Is that what Maybe. they're trying to do? But on top of that, why? Like these characters are not relevant anymore. And also when you're bastardizing Scooby-Doo by having all these... Scooby-Doo was amazing because it made 
you know, everyday people into something they weren't to just help you realize that those things that scare you are still everyday people. So it was to take your fears and make them a reality and then at the same time also break them down. But this movie does absolutely none of that. It 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 it, it almost I would say takes the Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal Skull approach and just throws in aliens and weird time travel history and all these things that Scooby-Doo never had. Yeah, it it turns it into a movie that's way bigger than it has to be. And I I remember watching and just telling you, like, I just wish that this was in a haunted mansion. I just wish Mm -hmm. that this was, let's take this back to basics. This is the first, this felt like a sequel or a third or fourth movie in a series of movies that we've already gotten. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, let's establish them as a team together. We had a montage at the beginning of this movie that you kind of see the classic Scooby-Doo running from side to side of the screen. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's a cute way of doing that. But then you never get to really see the team work together. And Will Forte voices Shaggy, and I just, it just doesn't, Shaggy is such an iconic voice, and I just wish that they got someone who sounded more like him, because I get this is another take, but Shaggy is an iconic voice. I think you gotta, you gotta bring that to this movie, and I think Scooby spoke way too much, like he was speaking on full-on sentences. Yeah, he was having, this just sounds really awesome. He was having a conversation, he was like, like, Scooby-Doo from the animated show would have broken English like he just moved to America. This this Scooby has had his passport. He's been living here. He's I got think he got job. his degree, man. Like he, he, got, he got his, his degree. degree. Like he, he's like he's a smart dog. Um, but yeah, I just wish that um, like because the animation is it's beautifully animated, and I and I like what they were going with the look of things. But I just wish that there was the biggest problem with this movie is the story because mm-hmm. everything else like I could get past. I can even get past Will Forte as Shaggy. But like the story of this movie is its biggest failure, and I just don't think it's something that um, I would really recommend. I could easily say skip it. Maybe if your kids want to watch something, like this is something that I would wait for it to come to streaming before spending thirty bucks on watching. This, oh my I don't god! Think, hell yeah! I don't think you're going to get your money's worth with this one. Also, it, I I think kids. I guess some kids will probably like it, or probably a lot of kids like it because to me, this is. The only way I can describe this movie is it's what Fortnite feels like. I don't play Fortnite, but I've seen enough yeah. of Fortnite. But that is exactly what this reminded me of. And I'm like, oh my god, there's just there's unnecessary dabbing and dancing, and then and like the a, party at the end, like the yeah. DJ like part. It's like they're it's it's exactly what you said. Song playing out of nowhere, and also oh my god, the needle drops in this movie of music was just like insane. And there's like a subplot of. Or like a not a subplot, sorry, a plot point of Scooby and his, you know, collar. And I'm like, this is the plot point that you're gonna die on here. This is this is what you wrote, and you were like, this is a turning point for a character. Yeah, like shove it down our throats the entire time, right? Yeah, it, it, and I think at the end, what really upset me was they they modernized the the mystery machine, but not just modernized. They like they made it into like a spaceship, pretty much. Yeah, it just it just yeah, I, I feel like. When, when you mentioned Fortnite to me yesterday, I was like, wow, this really does, even like their kind of character models look a little Fortnite-like to me. And it's just, uh, it's interesting that they really went down that route. So Shay, what would be your recommendation on this movie? Oh, buddy, this is another hard skip it, in my opinion. I mean, if especially if you're a fan of, of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, easily. Shay, what else did you watch this week, though? Uh, so me, I, I, I gave uh, the Disney Gallery Mandalorian a shot. Uh, I really enjoyed the the first episode. I haven't finished the rest of it yet, but I really enjoyed the first episode. Obviously, I did the Last Dance. Um, 
my brother had never seen Blade Runner, uh, both one and two. So we decided to give that a watch. So we watched Blade Runner one and then immediately following it, we watched uh, Blade Runner 2049. Um, I haven't really seen Blade Runner 2049, I would say since at theaters. Maybe I watched it once at home, but I've really, really enjoyed it more so the second time. And it's funny because my brother really liked the first one more than he liked 2049. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I think for me, 2049 was so amazing is because of the the cast, the the director, and also just the cinematography that Roger Deakins brings. Plus, I really liked where the story was going because it, it seems like it's a film about one thing and then very soon it it helps you realize it's still about that thing but it's a, in a different perspective so right. i i really enjoyed that that plot the way it's told and um yeah i obviously capone and scoob and harley quinn i've been re-watching these 90s spider-man animated series so i'm just piling through that but didn't get to watch much this week Sounds good. And for myself, I started last week off with watching The Patriot. So brought it all the way back to uh, the year 2000, Mel Gibson, uh, Heath Ledger in this one, Jason Isaacs as well, too. I, I really enjoyed The Patriot. It's one of those movies I watched a lot growing up. Roland um, Emmerich, as right? you guys, Yeah, Roland Emmerich. Um, watched The Last Dance, of course, which we spoke about. Randomly, Death Wish, the Bruce Willis movie, was on TV late Sunday night last week. And my dad started it because it was on, I think it was on HBO or something. And we sat there watching it and I was like, okay, I guess I, I guess I'm watching this right now. And yeah, not a great movie. Not a great movie. Don't watch it. Um, Trial by media. So this is a Netflix original uh, where it's kind of talking about different um, murder cases and different uh, like crimes that happen where the media was very involved in it. And uh, really recommend the show. This is a really well done. You can watch it on Netflix. Um, really, really cool. Um, I watched The Stranger, which is another series on Netflix. It's like a British series. Um, really interesting. Just finished it last night. So uh, uh, it's it's one of those series that like every episode is kind of like a spoiler of like what's going to happen in the next episode. So I won't get into it too much, but I did enjoy it. I like the twists and turns of it. So it's nice to kind of just watch something different. Uh, Days of Thunder. And Top Gun just recently got updated to 4K in iTunes, so I decided to check those ones out. Um, really interesting going back, both directed by Tony Scott, um, going back and seeing them. The remasters look really nice, but yeah, man, those are such those are definitely 80s movies. You could definitely feel that. Um, as Anthony said, I've been watching Dark Side of the Ring 2, Road Warriors, great episode again. Can't recommend this docuseries enough as well, too. It's It's really well done. Um, oh god, let's not talk about Capone or Scoob again. Uh, continuing on with Defending Jacob, which is an Apple TV Plus series, uh, really enjoying where this show is going. So, definitely, if you have Apple TV Plus, watch it. Uh, Disney's Gallery of the Mandalorian as well, too. And I started to rewatch Mythic Quests so I could have everything fresh in my mind for when the quarantine episode drops. Nice, yeah. Very so, it's been cool. a eventful week. We'll see what this week brings. Uh, but speaking of what's coming up next, uh, the trivia this week is related to... Uh, you know me. I don't like my related trivia. I like my obscure <laughs> trivia. You like the obscure trivia, right? Yeah, All right. I like, I like so, the Anthony trivia. <laughs> I yeah, got a trivia, trivia question for you like guys. Trivia, like something you would have to answer on Jeopardy, okay? Your <laughs> trivia question was up there with who is the CEO of Viacom? 
And yeah. it was it was up there with information that none of us needed to know. I think I think but, I gotta come with some unneeded information <laughs> next time. But this one this I one get, is a I fun gave one. You three options, man. <laughs> yeah, you gave one. us three names we didn't know. You could have made up you, you all three of those names. Me one option, I still would have picked the wrong one. <laughs> Let's so let's get into this week's trivia. This trivia question is related to Scooby Doo. Uh, so this question for this week is: Which celebrity guests made the most appearances on the new Scooby Doo movies television series? And I'm going to give you four options here. So could you repeat the question? Which celebrity so, guests? Which celebrity guests made the most appearances on the new Scooby Doo uh, on the new Scooby Doo series television series? Is there a new Scooby Doo television series? Well, just the Scooby-Doo television series, okay? Is that easier for you? Oh, I already hate this question, but go on. <laughs> wow. Is it worse than last week's question? No, no, no. Nothing is worse than last week's nothing question. Nothing will beat that. So no, which, which celebrity guests made the most guest appearances on Scooby-Doo? So okay. we have four options. Okay. Batman and Robin, the Harlem Globetrotters, the Three Stooges, or Johnny Quest? Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotters. Um, I'm gonna go with Johnny Quest, and the answer is the Harlem Globetrotters. Ah, uh, I wanted to be yeah. different than Anthony. I wanted to be different, but I should have gone with it. Uh, it's okay. So Anthony, remember taking watching a lot of cartoons, and they would always show up for some reason. Always, they, oh, <laughs> they would. Yeah, okay. definitely. And Scooby Doo had a lot. Always had a lot of guests on it. Now Scooby Doo has like a bunch of like WWE wrestlers on it. And yeah, stuff like they have a lot that, of wrestlers. So. Yeah, so that was the trivia for this week. This has been the Week Podcast. You could catch us every single Monday across all your favorite podcast services. If you want to write in and be part of the show, you can at thistimewhat.com slash talk and write and give us your comments, suggestions, corrections, and all that. That was This Time With The Movie Podcast. And we'll see you next.